This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I need information. I thought you might be able to help. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. Everything you need to know from the world of entertainment and. For Wednesday, the weekend is on the horizon. My talk, 1071, it is the Lori and Julia show. You want to stick around? We got a really good vintage scandal coming up for you later in the hour. Alrighty, here we are. Yeah. My favorite headline today Joan Collins thinks wearing jeans is tragic. Okay, this. This is an interview with Vogue. This will, especially since she had her own jeans line. Well, she stars in a new Valentino holiday campaign video, Julia, and she's mourning the death of elegance and dressing up in this interview. I agree with her. And uh, what? Jeans is her staple. But listen to why she doesn't like them. She doesn't like the ones with the holes in the knees and the holes everywhere. She doesn't like that. And she's a woman of. She had you know, her own she jean up, line. I know she did. I just thought it was funny. That looked very much like Gloria Vanderbilt jeans in the early 1980s. Everyone must have been jumping on the jean bandwagon. Oh, yeah. Chic, GV, Gloria Vanderbilt mm-hmm. had them, um, Sassoon. Yeah. Sassoon. Okay, so she's 86 years old, Lori, and she wants people to spend more money in clothes. All right. No one dresses up anymore. Um, people stare at me and make cutting remarks sometimes like, oh, you've dressed up so much. And she's like, oh, look, look at you. You're all dressed up. I find that very sad because it will be the end of women buying elegant clothes in stores. So she's telling us to go to stores, right. buy elegant things. Everybody's mm-hmm. going to end up in jeans and T-shirts, which I think is tragic. Tragic. I hate jeans. I hate them. They're so unflattering. I hate jeans with the holes in the knees, the holes anywhere, the holes everywhere. (laughs) Not keen on t-shirts with logos either. Either am I. I like to be comfortable, but I want to be elegant too. All right. She finds denim terribly boring. Dane Collins. She thinks you should stop wearing them once you hit 40 years old. Oh, is she crazy? <laughs> That's tragic. Now that is a tragic statement because what you? This is what takes up all the space in my closet. All the jeans. Oh my gosh! Dressy jeans, holy jeans, Low black jeans, jeans, boyfriend jeans, wide jeans, high waisted mid rise, a flare, straight, super skinny. Uh huh. I mean legging jeans. I mean jeggings. I mean. <laughs> She's changed her <laughs> tragic, tragic. Change her tune. Okay, mm-hmm. so Dag Shepard yesterday said that everybody got it all wrong about Amelia Clark talking about her Game of Thrones nudity pressure. Okay, that it was taken out of context. So because she, okay, here's the GMA giving us a little bit of Amelia Clark, and we want people to go see that movie. Last oh, Christmas. it's so good. I wonder if it's, it's even in theaters. It was so cute. But, it I was mean, still. I looked at Roseville, and they had okay. Harriet. They still had last. Last Christmas, 
Um, Did they have Charlie's Angels still? Or is that yeah, coming no, on? Charlie's Angels is, is still out. Of course, Ford versus Ferrari. Right. But um, so maybe Amelia Clark wants this controversy, but here's a little bit from GMA trying to set the story. Straight. All right. We know her as the mother of dragons from Game of Thrones. This morning, Amelia Clark speaking out about her time portraying Khaleesi, telling Dax Shepard on his podcast, as a young actress in her first big role, she felt pressure during the first season of Game of Thrones by her bosses to perform nude. And now I'm on a film set completely naked with yeah. all of these people, and I don't know what I'm meant to do, and I don't know what's expected of me, and I would expect in that first season thinking I'm not worthy of requiring anything mm-hmm. I'm not worthy of needing anything at all Clark going on to describe how she got through difficult moments preparing for her nude scenes I'm yeah. gonna go crying in the bathroom and then I'm gonna come back and we're gonna do the scene it's gonna be completely fine crediting her Game of Thrones co-star Jason Momoa with helping her understand she was allowed to say no it was definitely hard which is why the scenes when I got to do them with Jason were wonderful mm-hmm. because he was like, no, sweetie, this isn't okay. Right. And I'm like, oh. Clark reportedly introduced a no-nudity clause into her Thrones contract in 2014. I've had fights on set before where I'm like, no, yeah. she stays up. And they're like, you don't want to disappoint your Game of Thrones fans. After Game of Thrones, Clark saying her experience has made her feel more comfortable saying no. Now things yeah. are very, very, very different. And I'm a lot more savvy about what I'm comfortable with and what I am okay with doing. So I love her. I, I just know. love hearing her voice. I know it. So, I want to go back to that movie again. And Dak Shepard was like, no, it wasn't like she was just sitting there complaining no, no. and that they were, it was a bigger conversation about what has she learned about what she could get in her contract. And then of course you love hearing that Jason Momoa was like, okay, here's what you're going to do. Right. So um, lovely. Cause he was, what was his name? Dragul, Dragul, Khan, or Khan. I mean, I was so disappointed when he left. I was like, "Oh my gosh, that was mean." Um, so anyway, huh? Cal Drago, Drago, that's right. So anyway, he and he was like tweeting about it, and then Disney Plus. I don't know Disney Plus was thrust what they think about all the hackers who got a hold of all the Disney passwords. I of course already sent that to my kid. Did you? Oh, of course, mom. Yeah, Yeah, ten million people, and just within hours, hackers were. Selling uh, Disney accounts for as little as three dollars in some places, giving them away for free. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, this is kind of like the Uber hack that happened in 2016 that they didn't tell anybody about, mm-hmm. and people this were getting is, the passwords. Yeah, and, yeah, it's kind it's, of. But you know, there was an article. I think um, was it in the business section about what is Comcast going to do now? The cable providers, because everybody's streaming. And then what are movie theaters going to do? Because there's everyone's streaming movies. Uh, yeah, I mean... It's Di- a big change. Disney isn't the only one. Amazon's been yeah. hacked. Netflix, Hulu. Yeah. Um, so anyway... People they- will still go to the movies. Mm-hmm. I think they will. Well, we'll you know, we'll see. Okay, like Donnie, you posted, you posted here as a... Um, the live action animated hybrid movie Call of the Just Wild. Just the name, right yeah. there. But it's Call of the chills. Wild, based on Jack London. And yeah. um, I remember talking to my dad, asking him. We had an author. We had somebody on 
Questions you should ask your parents while well, you still have them. Sure. Yeah, and yeah. And it was oh, like, ask your book. parents. It's a book, a cute little book, book the turtle book or something. Someone in, in Minnesota in the Twin Cities did it. And I asked my dad, what was the book that you just loved when you were a boy? And he's Jack London, Call of the Wild. Wild. Loved that was that his. book. That was the book. So, you know, it's based on his novel. But, I mean, Donnie posted the trailer again. It's Harrison Ford. The so. action animated. I mean, is that what we're calling cats is that kind of a live action an- uh not no animation yeah it's not really animation it's uh it's cgi really CGI, it's yeah so is. this looks better than that it's harrison yeah. ford dan stevens bradley whitford so we posted that that's coming out to the theaters february 21 you know will people go in and see that will that draw the audience it needs having mm. you know mm. take a look at it and see if you think i like i don't know like the cats one, Lori. <laughs> tell everyone your story about your little grandson. Oh my god! Okay, so Lori's little grandson. Oh, uh, I'm so, I'm her shocked. daughter-in-law is listening to us, and she's a she's a good fan of ours. She, she listens is. to our show. She's a good. She hangs out with us a lot. Yeah. So she, she's driving the little one home. Who's how yeah, old is he? He's three. He's three. And well, first of all, I'm shocked that he recognized my voice because he sure wouldn't recognize my face. I'm a bad glamour. Well, well that's beside the point. <laughs> I Stop know, it. I know, but um, I'm a bad glamour. I am. And she's, this was yesterday in the car with Charlie. A replay clip from a show came on. He said, "Hey, that's Grandma Lori." And I said, "Yep, you're right. She's talking about boobs and cats." <laughs> yep, you're right. <laughs> Can't make it up when we're talking about cat bosoms. Oh, God. There's Grammy talking about boobs and cats. I absolutely love that. Well, you can't unsee those shimmy, shimmery, oh, I that full trailer. Yeah, I and then Idris Elba in his velour fur. Yeah, I know. It's something. It's really It really strange. is something. Anyway, so... It looked like something Barry White would have worn, you know. Yeah, <laughs> kind of a kind of it did. It kind of did. And then um also we posted Arnold Schwarzenegger's son Jeez, looking exactly, exactly like, like him. him. Like exactly. I mean, there's no way the housekeeper could have denied her son to Maria <laughs> at a certain point. This was all going to come out. Totally, Lori. Now those two are still married, Maria Shriver and yeah, they are. Arnold. Must just be anyway. He looks so much. About those muscles. Like his daddy. Dad from Pumping Iron. It's so true. The documentary. So, um, have you guys watched uh, Dolomite Is My Name? No, but you keep talking about it. Yeah, I watched it. Did you like it? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. It was so good. Just, I mean, didn't you like knowing more about Rudy Ray Moore? Uh, yeah, that whole story was wild. Very wild story. Yeah, true story and true guy. And he was the black exploitation film star. I, I'm going to watch, watch it. Not tonight, but no, I, okay, I can't fine. commit to it. <laughs> All right, fine, fine, fine. I mean, oh how about my. Jesse Smollett wanting to make okay. the Chicago pay for charging him in his hate crime hoax that he did stage? How does he figure that's going to work? Well, because they are, I, I don't They're know. They're suing him, so he's filing a countersuit. Well, he only paid $10,000 of the money that they say they owe him, but they can't ask him for any more money, according to something I read. Oh. I read the whole thing. I felt like I needed to be an attorney. 
After the end of it? Yeah, so I just decided you would read it. He's filed a countersuit. No, he's filed a countersuit claiming he was the victim of malicious prosecution, which has caused him reputational harm, humiliation, mental anguish. And uh, and it's in response to Chicago filing suit about him refusing to pay the city back. Right. to me, didn't we find out that Jesse Smollett they, staged the phony attack? Well, yeah, but here's what here's the legal part of it, Lori, is that having agreed, I'm talking about the city of Chicago, to accept $10,000 from Mr. Smollett as a payment in full in connection with the dismissal of the charges against him. The city cannot seek additional recovery from him under the doctrine of accord and satisfaction. All right. So Here's, let me just legal please speak do. all of this. He actually got someone to agree to take this lawsuit yeah. <laughs> because he doesn't have one hundred and thirty thousand no. dollars. He wasn't wise with his uh, empire money. Maybe he's invested it. Now he's like he just needs someone. If I pay you twenty five thousand, will you get me out of this? Uh, thing and here's the technicality we're gonna do it because this guy totally staged a phony oh i know and he was so busted so he just he's like hoping that the twenty five thousand or whatever he's paying an attorney is still better than paying a hundred and thirty thousand there you go all right there there, we will come back there mission accomplished mission mission done accomplished we'll be right back this is a my talk dirt alert all right, Holly, let's do our hump day dirt alert. Oh my we? gosh. Well, there's a lot of dirt to discuss this afternoon. We're going to start with a little in case you missed it headline Prince Andrew stepping down from public duties as the Duke of York amid that BBC interview where he was talking about his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. One, two, three, five days. Five Five days days. via official royal communication. He says he is stepping away. He said that he has mom's blessing, mom being Queen Elizabeth, (laughs) your majesty. Mom, can I step away? Actually, it was more like you're going to step away Mm -hmm. and we're going to allow you some social graces by issuing the statement. Now, he said that if he is asked, he will be cooperating with authorities. A lot of people suggesting that perhaps that is being questioned by the FBI, because if you have noted, Prince Andrew has not been a guest of the United States in quite some time, meaning that if he steps onto United States soil, he would be questioned by the FBI about his association with Jeffrey Epstein. And the FBI is investigating Epstein's death. Right. Nobody believes all those string of coincidences led to his actually dying by his own hand. Right. And arrests have been made regarding that. Uh, The two guards were arrested yesterday or the day before uh, regarding their inability to guard Jeffrey Epstein. And falsifying the records. Yes. So, oh, people. They're... To say the least. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. 
I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. So that's a little bit of an update on Prince Andrew. By the way, you can read his full official statement on our website, mytalk1071.com. Kim Kardashian making an official statement about little sister Kylie Jenner's $600 million sale of of the controlling stake of Kylie Cosmetics. So Entertainment Tonight caught up with Kim Kardashian while she was selling her own skim solution wear. And uh, Kim had this to say about Kylie's sale. I've known that selling her business was always in the works for her for a long time. A lot of companies were bidding and really wanted to buy her brand. And so selling just about half of it was a decision she made about a year ago. And you know that she wanted to. She said she's proud of Kylie Jenner. And uh, she said it's very inspiring and amazing. And I'm so proud of her. Oh, those girls were so jealous for about 48 hours. Yeah, they were. And then they had to be talked down by Chris. Right, let it go. She's still the only one who said anything. Yeah. Oh, you, you know, but there's nothing like a petty sister biatch. Yeah. I mean, Chris Jenner went on CNBC and broke down some of the details of the deal and said that about Kylie Jenner, she feels like but this But those is where gals are jealous about her because Kylie has stepped back away from the show. She has. She's got more followers than some of the other sisters. Well, she's the new generation. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm just, just mm-hmm. you know, it was very noticeable, very petty. Petty at those those sisters, those other K's. Yes. Yeah, it happens. Was, it's all right. Go yeah. sell your solution wear. I'm <laughs> yeah, actually right. kind of interested in skims. Uh, page I six, do too. Page six uh, did a little, if you want to look at their tutorial about what all the gals said about the different pieces on mm-hmm. page six style before you we invest. Saw it, yeah. Yeah. And they were pretty, they had like, they had like five different body shapes trying those things on oh. and the different ones. So, yeah, I was watching a, uh, Kim Kardashian's Instagram story about the tape and the way that they were taping up the boobs yeah, and all sorts of things. Right. It was very intriguing. Yeah. Uh, Lori Laughlin, another day, another Lori Laughlin sob story. We're getting it because today uh, she and her husband, Massimo Giannulli, her legal team officially entered a not guilty plea to new charges of conspiracy to commit federal program bribery. And as a result of that, an exclusive story printed in Entertainment Tonight this afternoon says that Lori Laughlin is at a low point and that she's breaking down and she truly feels at her very worst and that people are coming out to support her lately, but she's afraid to open up. She's concerned if she talks to the wrong people that her opinions will get out and somehow affect the case. Why isn't she? Because she's now looking at like two, two to, to three, three years, years is what it said in a story today. And yeah. uh, Dan Abrams said, you know, she needs to resign herself that she's going to prison and it's going to be more than two weeks. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. So obviously, Lori Laughlin's PR team is setting up the narrative that she understands what is happening and that she feels bad about it. But why does she keep... And that even her daughters, Olivia, Jade, and Bella, are getting increasingly worried about her. So setting up this like almost victim mentality 
in the press. Well, think of how distraught you would be if you really wanted to finally come forward and plead and your husband doesn't let you. Mm -hmm. Well, and they share the same legal team, which was a big mistake. Big mistake. They were advised not to do that. We'll keep you updated on Lori Laughlin. In the meantime, between time, more urgent relationship news today. Cody Simpson and Miley Cyrus. Are these two together? It's just a matter of time till they break up. You know, <laughs> well, it really is. Today, Cody Simpson wanted to let the world know, hey, maybe we're still together. On his Instagram stories, he posted a picture of his phone with the screen wallpaper featuring a photograph of a young little Miley Cyrus. Oh, boy, he had to dig back through Instagram to find oh, that to convince gosh. us. Because she's recuperating in yes. Tennessee, not yes, with is. him in yes, L.A. Yes, she is. Yeah. Miley Cyrus hasn't posted on Instagram mm, not, in a couple weeks. Yeah, her not talking will actually allow him to pretend the relationship yeah. is going on longer. Because she's <laughs> not going to break up with him while she can't talk. Hey, we never leave middle school, do we? No, we just, not really. We do, too. We said this two weeks ago. Yeah. Well, this will be like six yeah. weeks. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Well, yes, because there are these That's counter okay. narratives happening. Radar Online saying that they've called it quits, that they're taking a break. A news source saying that Miley and Cody saw each other last week when he went to Tennessee right. to visit Miley and as he recovers. She probably has girlfriends just saying, listen, I know he's fun or whatever, but he's kind of using you for the music stuff, and you're just... Kind of, you know, just don't get all involved. Really, her surgery couldn't happen at a better It time. really was a great time for I her. I hope everything's okay with her singing voice. Oh, my gosh, yes. Are you guys making your holiday lists yet? Yes. Figuring yeah. it out? Yes. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. All right. Well, I've got a gift that you maybe want to add for the pop culture daytime television fanatic in your life. The new Maury board game called You Are Not the Father. <laughs> Yes. This actually sounded funny. Oh my gosh. To me. I love this it. sounded funny. Yes. So, this is the hilarious party game with outrageous accusations and a big reveal at the end. A it's paternity a, test. Yeah, exactly. It's available for pre order on Amazon. It will be shipped by the end of the month in time for the holidays. We don't have specifics on it, but you know, you're going to be challenging players to prove their non paternity through a series of outrageous accusations and laugh out loud arguments. And it sounds like you're trying to win arguments so you can gain popularity which somehow will up your chances of innocence no word on if lie detector tests and manila envelopes are included in your there you go bag. 1999 just some, ca- just some swabs yeah. actually sounds funny i know oh maury a national treasure i, know. He I, know. I mean you know a lot of, he's kept people a company after school for a lot of years including me including you yes. that's right oh. thank you holly thank you all right, let's start with the road. Nighttime traffic, you know, a little this, a little that. And then there was a scandal. Vintage scandal. It was quite the scandal. I am shocked at your behavior. <gasps> okay, so there is a documentary, uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is out uh, about the National Enquirer. And yes. We- I we, heard about it. Remember we had the guy on years ago who just talked to us about the National Enquirer and sort of, it's it, he did like a history book. Of yes, the, yes, you yes, know, yes, From its start with the... So anyway, so this uh, Scandalous is the name of the documentary and it's at the Uptown Theater. Um, Star Tribune gave it two and a half out of okay. four stars, but it's the untold story of the National Enquirer and it it is filled with interesting stories. One of the criticisms, I'm not necessarily advocating you rush out and see this, is that it's a little too 
puffery uh, light over some of the stories, some of the really bad things that the National Enquirer has has done done as far as uh, some of their real dark murky history even some of it that's been recent that they kind of gloss over it that seems to be sort of the one universal criticism but the the guy who who comes up with this um doing this uh documentary it's he kind of fell into it by accident really how he fell into by meeting this retired journalist um from the National Enquirer, who just started telling them some stories about how they got stories. Yeah. And that, he was like, oh my God, I wonder mm, if I can get anybody yeah, else. So yeah. here's a little bit. I believe this is Mark, the director, Mark Landsman. Or, uh, yeah, the GMA story. Yeah. Okay, here we go. The ultimate mission sell the most papers of anybody in the world. At the National Enquirer, that was the goal. And now a new documentary, Scandalous, the untold story of the National Enquirer, shows us how they did it, taking us inside their newsroom. It was so crazy, and you just thought, maybe I want to be a part of this. At its peak, millions of readers turned to the Enquirer for its headlines, many exclusives coming from a network of tipsters. You know, the hospitals, the restaurants, the maitres, the hotels, the drivers, uh, the siblings, the parents, you'd be stunned who was in the network surrounding these celebrities. Steve Koz was editor-in-chief of the National Enquirer for nearly a decade. Did you look at these celebrities as people or were they targets, were they paychecks, etc.? During the the rush of, of going after a story, sometimes you did lose focus that they were people and you felt bad about that afterwards. And and the National Enquirer, to give you an idea, it used to sell on the regular about five million copies a week. Unbelievable. The biggest selling issue it ever had. John Kerry? No. Elvis. No. Yes. (laughs) Elvis Presley. Mm -hmm. Seven million when they paid a cousin of Elvis's to take a picture of Elvis in the casket. In the casket. And they put it on the cover Mm -hmm. and that sold seven million. Yep. And um, the guy who, who, uh, you know, bought what became the National Enquirer, this uh Donald Pope. Pecker? Oh. No, no, no. Pecker is he just sold it for a hundred million. Uh Gene Gene Pope, he on the regular, I mean he was like putting bloody bodies, autopsy, accident. That was one of his his, you know, things like to get people If it bleeds doing it, it leads. Yeah, yeah Generoso yeah. Pope Junior, he bought this uh um uh, newspaper, if you will, like in the in the fifties. Okay, and he's the one who made it into what it was. And his saying was, "I'm tailoring this newspaper to Missy Smith from Kansas City." Does okay. Missy Smith get Care. into this like this? Blah Middle blah America. blah. And they, it was shock and awe. That's what yep. they wanted oh, yeah. wanted to do. And so, scandalous aims to draw attention to the role that the Inquirer has today in current American politics, culture, and media. Like, would there even be a TMZ if there wasn't a National Enquirer? Sure. So, anyway, here's a little bit more because the National Enquirer, even even though they took many of their tactics from Fleet Street tabloid journalism from across the pond. Like, they pay for sources. Yeah, they did. Um, it's not like, uh, I mean, 
mainstream media will pay for like photos, but they're not paying they can't for pay. interviews, right. you know. So they d- did yep. all these, they did wiretapping, they did intimidation, they did all kinds of, you know, really uh, terrible things, but they also would get things right. Like Yes, the John Edwards was well, the big one. We'll get, we'll get to that right. in a second, but like the O.J. Simpson, I mean, where other media had three or four media people on O.J., National Enquirer had 20 Jeez. on the yep. O.J. Simpson trial. So here we go. The documentary highlighting some of the Enquirer's biggest scoops, including finding photos of O.J. Simpson wearing the same type of Bruno Mollies that matched bloody footprints at the Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman murder scene. It was like finding the Holy Grail. It was so exciting. It was like we really did something now that made a difference. The film also dissecting low points for the tabloid, including the death of Princess Diana. Do we pay the paparazzis? Yes. So therefore, we probably had influence on the situation, but to lay the death of, of Di at the feet of the tabloids is a bit strong. I know a lot of celebrities came out. Uh, and really went after us. And choosing sides in the 2016 election. I think the film makes a pretty inarguable uh, point that the National Enquirer played a role in the Trump candidacy. ABC News reached out to David Pecker, the former publisher, but he did not return our call seeking comment. Amy, you learned so much from this, including that the the one-time publisher, Gene Pope, got some of his stories from his barber. It's in theaters now. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. And Gene Pope would make everyone who left or even start there, they'd have to sign an NDA. Oh, yeah. And he was so convinced that stuff was going to happen on Fridays and didn't want people to leave. He started catering and doing an open bar Friday afternoon to keep his people there. That's funny. But we know that from uh, so much in the celebrity world. Big news is announced on Friday afternoon when everyone's gone. And the Inquirer begins sitting on its scoops, as we came to know in Ronan Farrow's book, Catch and Kill, years, decades ago. Like, here's the Inquirer. Here's one. They buried a major story about Bob Hope's philandering ways in exchange for turning Hope to their advantage. So Bob Hope would do softball interviews with the National Enquirer and byline story. They did the same thing with Bill Cosby. Yes, they. Yeah, they sat on his it. stories, and they would Bill would give them these scoops, and knowing that, and for Bob Hope, I mean, they, they I guess they say in the movie he knew the sword of Sleziocles was hanging over his head. <laughs> yeah, and so he was always cooperating, which gave. The National Enquirer, some legitimacy. Yeah, access to real To Missy Smith from right. Kansas City. Right. Um, and then, um, uh, what was the, the uh, one ex-employee called the National Enquirer a protection racket, noting that um, that this is a mob tactic that the National Enquirer even started with a $75,000 mafia loan to Gene Pope. Oh. And so it was always like trying to figure out where they had a, a reporter die from anthrax that got mailed. Oh. I mean, they've really had a lot of, it, it seems like the movie is trying to be a kind of a cautionary tale, if you will, but um, they have other journalists weighing in, Carl Bernstein, Maggie Halberman, about, you know, looking at this in current context of how well, reporting is happening. Like, even like... But think of the fall of it since we've been on the air. Yeah. 
We used to call it a 50-50. Yeah. It's 50% right for years, and we'd go to it. We don't even go anymore. Right. Ever. And I I guess the National Enquirer, some of the ex-reporters, if you will, they wanted to be paid to be in the documentary. Yeah, I would have been. I would have wanted to be paid, too. But again, you know, you have absolutely no, oh. you don't pay people oh, to it. be in documentaries. I get it, but Julia. that's, all right, I was just, okay, I was yeah. like, I'm thinking, no. I, no, that was wrong of me. Uh, so bad, yeah. bad girl. Well, dumb, you just weren't dumb. thinking I wasn't. about that one. But, but the Inquirer did, you know, they do, they, even though they have a, so many sleazy tactics and stuff and, and making up headlines like they're legitimate anymore well because they've been really exposed with all the catch and kill stories that yep. they sat on about harvey weinstein and now we know about bob hope and yep. we did know about bill cosby but like here's one thing they got right the national Enquirer reported that michael jackson had six months to live exactly six months before he died and then they touted that forever Yes, the Bruno Molly shoes. That was a scoop in 1994. Oh gosh, but they that. had 20 reporters working on it. Mm-hmm. The Inquirer also broke the news that OJ had a book called If I Did It. Yeah. And his lawyer denied it, but they had like a hairdresser or somebody. That's who they pay for all this mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Or the You know, the Cedar sinai Rush Limbaugh used to denounce drug use on his, drug, on his radio show. And in 20... Oh, three, he admitted that the National Enquirer was right. That's right. Mm -hmm. Carol Burnett did successfully sue them for saying she was drunk at a party. That is not in the documentary. They didn't want to. I don't know why that. Um, And then also the Enquirer claimed that Jesse Jackson fathered a child uh, with the woman who wasn't his wife. And he confirmed it the day before that went to print. They Mm. had the uh, Tiger Woods. Story. Oh, yes, they did. And, of course, they correctly reported that John Edwards had a secret love child with uh, Riley Hunter, ruining his political career. And, again, marriage. almost all of that. Um, Emmer- well, everything. it ruined his political career. Mm-hmm. I think his marriage was already. Um, but it just shows you all the ways that they do it by paying people, tapping, following. Yep intimidating you know and it's just i i am kind of curious to see it but you're right julia we don't we look don't at the there. national I'm, I'm there right anymore. now and across the top of it mm-hmm. the, the things like the the running stories across the top royal scandals and oj simpson yeah and so and so you now you look at anybody who's being friendly with the national Enquirer, and i now think i wonder what they're being extorted right for. mike walker <laughs> we used to go to all the time i hope he talked in it no, no, because he's a current employee. No one currently employed there could speak. Right, on. They wouldn't speak, and they wouldn't even return phone calls like to GMA or yeah, other people who are, who are reviewing this. So, anyway, there you go. Scandalous. Mm-hmm. I don't there, know that Mike Walker still works there. Maybe he doesn't, Joey. He no. might have retired. Uh, yeah, I don't... Scandalous, the true story of the National Enquirer is at the Uptown Theater. Yeah. If you want to see it, we'll be right back. Thanks uh, for hanging out with us. Julia's checking out the National Enquirer right now. Yeah, what does Corey, it say? how did we miss Mike Walker passing? 
Did he pass away? Like two years ago. Oh, for crying out loud. At 94. Well, that shows you how long it's been since we've picked up a National Enquirer. Right. um, See, we used to probably, we read it more because we were on the air before the gossip sites. We were on the air before TMZ and Perez Hilton. We were. I hate saying that kind of. Why? I don't know. Because it seems like we've been around forever. What's wrong with that? Well, I don't know. (laughs) Age. You know, numbers. You've been around longer, Donnie. Yeah, that's but, true. Yeah, but I'm just saying, no, I know. it does seem kind of amazing to me. It's been and a long Every time we would go on any kind of a road trip, we'd be like, oh, well, we can get the we, National Enquirer, we and can we'd, get this. And, and we'd, we'd read the headlines. And we never we, read the Globe because it was all about aliens. Terrible, terrible. It was always about aliens. But we both come back with our clipped out things from like us, the New York Weekly, Post. and people, yeah. and not the New York Post. I never, well, once in a while we'd buy that at Shin. Yeah, they had good stuff in there. They still do. I love Shinders. But I mean, that's where we I had know. to go. I, I mean, I we were getting guests from the Villager. Well, <laughs> whatever it took. I think we're going to need to get guests from Growers Grower Talks. What? what? It's a it's a horticulture magazine that our friend Deep Throat Brian <laughs> McEnany's on the cover of. Really? From Hollywood to hydrangeas. Is you know is are they going to pass uh, marijuana in the Senate? I mean, here locally in or is a state. Do you oh, think? What does that have to do? I, well, I was just wondering thinking, if Bailey's Farm was going to get into the other oh, kind of plant, farming. So, you know. It's a plant. You know? Yeah, I bet they've put their, you know, <laughs> their uh, whatever their hemp into the oh, boy. hemp into the ring. Yeah, hemp into the ring. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, there it's it's going to pass everywhere. You know, no. I don't know. Yeah, something. What did I tell you past today? Minnesota is like weird that way. I know, but it. Um, and remember, people, when you renew your driver's license, that's not a real ID that you're automatically getting back. So many people think that. I know. Wow, you are. You're right. Yeah. You are so right. No, because I was. Uh, I was at. I was at Walgreens today, and the guy says to me, he says, "Oh, looking at." Uh, um, I was just looking at that lady's driver's license. I've got to get mine renewed, you know. And so right. I thought, oh, he's just being chatty with me. And I said, well, you're not going to get a real ID when you renew. Just know that. And he goes, what do you mean I'm not getting a real ID? Well, you, you I have, said, yeah, you, you have to get it. a real ID. Yeah. He, but he just said, I would have thought they would just re- renew it like that. I nope. said, oh, yeah. they. You got stuff to do. Okay, so remember how you were wondering? The state of Minnesota should like hire us to like tell people. I mean, I'm tired of doing all these PSAs no, for you're them. right. <laughs> we I'm just saying, a lot. It's, a lot of people are going to be shocked next October when they try and fly it's somewhere. October. We have covered it. That's right. All right, well, here's the deal. Remember how you were just... Wondering aloud who the heck in the world would go to the Mandy Moore concert mm-hmm. at the State Theater, and I said I would. Mm-hmm. Now, here's who I, what I want you to wonder. Who the hell will go to the Doobie Bo- Brothers concert? A Ooh. lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people, with especially McDonald's. with Michael McDonald. More That's a no-brainer. Will go to that Is this Mandy coming Moore. here? Uh, not the first go around. No, it's not. I totally go to that. I can't even believe you. Anyway, I know it. I know it. I know. We saw Michael McDonald play at the People Magazine party at the SAG Awards one year. Mm -hmm. I love his Motown album. I've had it for. Donnie, quit talking for a second. (laughs) Doing Michael McDonald. Who would know that that Um, was Michael McDonald? We're talking, and it's in the background. Like like okay, so um. But yeah. he was really good. He's. I 
love his I his Motown album is like so great. I kind of didn't realize how many songs he sang so until many, that night. Lori, he he does everything. Yeah. He's very 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 good. He's on he's on fire. Okay, other things just to get through, get through them, get through them. I want you to tell me what your thoughts of Faith Hill penning her own explosive tell-all. You know, she's married to Tim McGraw. They met when she was the um, warm-up band for the Tim McGraw. I went to that concert at the, at the Humphrey. I went with my friend JJ. Mm-hmm. It was at the Humphrey, and George Strait was there. The Humphrey... The the Humphrey Dome or whatever the hell that thing was called. I, I'm really... Where is the Humphrey Dome? The Hubert H. Humphrey Metrodome, that thing. Oh, it's called that's a how, metro- that's But it was how, at the Humphrey. I the, have the never- Humphrey Dome. <laughs> oh, God. Whatever okay. it was called, but that thing. Yes, you went to it. So they had a shaky, you know, Tim McGraw's kind of come out with his book, his memoir, Grit and Grace. It's a workout book. Well, that's- And a little bit of a confessional memoir. Okay. And she's going to come out with her own. Oh. Because they were on shaky ground in 2017. Tim was drinking and womanizing. And so Faith had some revenge flirtations of her own and plans to write them in her new book. No way. She'll even admit that she wants to up divorce papers. No, you you don't believe it? Well, I mean... You know why she... Why would she air their dirty laundry? I don't know. To what purpose does that help anybody? No one. Yeah, I can't... I can't... I can't see her doing this. I can see her doing a book, but I can't... See her like sharing all I of that. I can't either because I can't. No, kids. and not only that, but you know, they're happy. They're back together. It's they? nobody else's business, is what I feel like she and Tim would say at the end of the day. All right.